All right, I'm here today with Mike Colomb. Uh, Mike, and am I saying that properly? Colomb, yes. Colomb, yep. okay. Yep. Um, Mike and his wife, Vanessa, have been getting a lot of attention lately because of what they're doing up in Northern California. They started Renegade Ranch and they are advising others, which it's a private membership association, and they're advising others on how to start private membership associations, what the benefit of that is, and how we can really use PMAs to change things in a, in a big, big way. So welcome to the show. Thanks for, thanks for being on. Thank you so much. You bet. I'm happy to be here. So let's just start by, can, can you tell us a little bit about what PMAs are? Why is this so important? Yeah, you bet. So today, it's become way more important today than it was a year ago, obviously. Um, and, and there's been PMAs around the country for many, many years. I'm going back you know, 200 years ago and um, been in the Supreme Court many times. Uh, there's a, a relationship between a PMA. Pardon me for a second. I got something in my eyeball. Oh, no. um, yeah, we, there's a relationship with a PMA between a, it's very much like an LLC or corporation. So it's an entity, a business entity. And that entity is different because it stays in the public where the other two are in private. I mean, I'm sorry, the other two are in public Public and a PMA is in the private domain. So, and actually three, because you have a sole proprietor, an LLC and a corporation all in the public domain, and then the PMA in the private. So what that enables you to do, and it's kind of a really easy um, analogy on that is that my wife and I, Vanessa, are over at your home. We're having dinner, we're hanging out and having a glass of wine. Another one of our friends comes over and has a case of, of nice wine. And we taste a few of them. I like one of them and I want to buy it. And what happens because we're in the private domain, we're in your home and we're allowed to, to be associated in private. And we're also to allow, allowed to have business in private. Private business is also guaranteed to us by the constitution. So we can take and I can buy a bottle of wine from our friend and then they can sell it to us. We can do that without any license at all. We don't need a license to buy it. They don't need a license to sell it to me because we're in the private. You can take that exact scenario and put it downtown New York City with a thousand people in a building right on the main street. And you can have the same transaction because it's in the private, in the private domain. And that's as long as, as everybody in that building that's buying anything. And everybody in the building doesn't have to be a member, but anybody who purchases anything has to be a member. So in order to buy something from a private membership association, you have to be a member. So here at Renegade Ranch you know, Provisions, our grocery store, um, when people come in the door, new members, we sign them up, they shop, and then they leave as a new member of our of our company and of our of our PMA. And we actually remove them in our membership agreement and removes them as a citizen of the public or inside our business to a citizen of the private, to a private member, period. And then what happens with that is it's there are all the, the rules and regulations that have been built on for many, many years by our by our government. You know, when I say the state, it'll be federal, state, and local government. You know, they're all built for the public. So the FDA, the USDA, the local um, county health department, all those things that they mandate and tell you to do and can't do and need to do are all geared towards the public, not the private. So in our private membership association, we're allowed to conduct business. You know, on our property or any other property that we rent, it doesn't matter if you rent the property or own it. And as long as you have control of the property, you can have that business inside there. Um, a PMA doesn't even really need to have brick and mortar. A PMA can be you know, out of your home. It can be an online business. It yeah, doesn't need to have a brick and mortar spot and conduct business the same way. You know, an online business, you would have a membership agreement basically right online in your, in your landing page. And then you would click on a box stating that you agree to the terms of the membership association. And it takes you to the next level. And then in that next level, you can conduct business because now you're a member. So, so one question nice. about that. What about what about liability? So let's say that somebody becomes a member, um, you know, does business with you and then for whatever, you know, slips and falls on your property or something. Okay. Are you still liable in the same way that that because an, an injury has still happened. Are you sure. are you still liable in the same way that another business would be? So what happens in then I think it's a what the the tribunal piece of our membership agreement. So when you join a membership, it has that private member association has its own court tribunal system. So it takes and it it basically looks at all the different complaints against the PMA and would vote on, you know, yes, this is legitimate, no, it's not. And then was also say, you know, they would talk about and, and basically rule on the amount of, you know, 
whatever something cost amount of payment towards it if it was going to happen. So it, it kind of helps because it gets rid of all the frivolous lawsuits, all the little nitpicky things. If there's an interaction that's not like between two of the members, it can get taken care of the same way through the tribunal system. Um, so for me, I'm a fan of um, insurance. You know, I think that everybody needs insurance. We maintain liability insurance here and an relevant policy as well. And with that, what happens is if somebody came onto my property to join my store and, and then wasn't already a member and they did something and let me, let's say my dog bit them, mm-hmm. I, I would be liable for that. And I would be liable for that, whether they were a member or not member, right? right? And even though we're part of a tribunal and they paid, you know, they signed a membership saying that they're a part of that and then that I'm not liable, I still inherently, I can't do that, right? So my, my moral compass doesn't allow me to do that. And I would take care of it. Now, let's say they brought a dog on our property and in our membership agreement, it says no dogs allowed on the property and they let their dog out and my dog ate their dog. And then, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to cover that because you write in the document, you know, it said that, you know, your dog's pulled out of my property. And if you stuck your hand there and got bit, you know, there again, I'm sorry, you know, you you caused that issue that happened. Right. So then the tribunal would, we would vote and say, no, you don't, you know, you don't qualify for it. And to be clear, you're not the tribunal. It's not like, it's not, it's, it, the tribunal is, has some, is it, is it completely controlled by the PMA itself or is there any? Well, it, and it depends on how you write up the, the, your PMA, right? It can be the, the trustees all by themselves. Okay. So the proper way to do it would be a board of a board, right? Yeah. And in the board, you would make them the tribunal chair. And then, but the ultimate responsibility and, and decision goes right up to the chairperson of the trustee, whoever built the trustee owns it. Okay. So they have the ability to overrule that. But, you know, that's the whole idea of having that tribunal is to, is to make things fair and, you know, equitable across the board. So, right. Um, right. yeah. And, so, and the typical board members would be members of your, of your PMA. So how can, if someone's interested in, in this, how can someone, where does someone go to verify that what you're saying about PMAs is true? It kind of, to a lot of people, I think it sounds too good to be true. It's like, sure. wait, you're saying I can, I can set up a business and I don't have to worry about OSHA. I don't have to worry about licensing requirements. I don't have to install fire doors because, right. you know, all this stuff, I don't have to demand that people wear masks. In, no in, vaccination in, passports. Right. So, yeah. so how can, where can someone look to verify that what you're saying is, is true? Right. What I usually do is I have people start off by going onto my website. It's the, the PMA team.club. I'll link to that. And then, and then you have, um, you can also reach out to me to my email, which is Mike at the PMA team.club. And then what I do is I give you some documents and we start the education process. Have you watch a bunch of videos and then we actually give you a bunch of case precedents, case law that you can go verify you're on your own mm-hmm. and to, to look at those cases and when, why they why they happen. Um, our, our rights are bound to us by God, first of all, but then our inside of our constitution and in different amendments that allow us to do the things that we've done that bind it. The first, fifth, first fourth, fifth, ninth, tenth, fourteenth amendments all in, in part take and apply the different pieces of those to be able to allow us to do a, P, to do a PMA. And, and the that PMA has gone to the Supreme Court many times. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, I think what people are going to want to see is that it's actually, yeah, this is actually held oh, up. Absolutely. And there are a couple, I just wanted to ask you if you could talk about a couple of cases, because if you Google PMA, private membership association, court cases, the things mm-hmm. that are kind of come up are things like the Amos Miller case or the Sam Gerard case. Could you say a little bit about those since that's what people are going to see? Sure. We're actually trying to work with Amos. Um, his neighbor and friend is a friend of mine now. And um, I've actually got his documents. And he was his documents were written by a company that's in Texas. And they, um, they're statutory. So that's the biggest issue with that. It's a PMA. So what, what does that mean? What does that mean to be statutory? Statutory has been written and keeps you bound by what our legal system is. It keeps you in the legal system, statutory. Okay. So the documents that we read are, read, do are um, common law and they're non-statutory documents. So there's no binding event at all. And that's the whole point is a PMA, in order to be private, you have to be not bound by that statutory of those laws that in our court system. So that's how we do that. It's a non-statutory PMA. So, so being statutory, just to, to clarify, if I had documents that were statutory, it would mean I'm agreeing in those documents to be bound by city ordinances or right. 
to, to resolve disputes within the court system or something like that. Is that and that's kind of and that's exactly what it does, and that's exactly what happened to Amos Miller. Okay. Which is sad. I mean, it's sad that he got pulled in, thought they were, you know, what he has was the right thing for him, and it wasn't. And uh, you just have to be careful. And then the other case I know nothing about, and there's okay. other cases out there as well. And, and until you actually see the documents and you can read it and see what's going on with it, I couldn't have an opinion on it. Right, right, right. Okay. And then what about, um, there's been some criticism um, sort of within common law groups and communities that the PMA doesn't go far enough and that you really need to take other measures to protect yourself. Do you have any any comment so on that? So there's a lots of different things that can be done to protect yourself. So the PMA doesn't protect yourself. It protects your business, right? Mm-hmm. It allows you to conduct business without the authority of the government inside your business. Um, so with it, typically the biggest example would be no mask mandates, no vaccination passports in today's world, right? Those are the things you don't need to adhere by. Um, there's um, the thing about taking your, your person and taking your person away from and protecting your person. There's different thought trains behind that. One of them is to become an American national. I'm looking at that right now as we speak. I've got friends that are. I'm kind of learning about it. I want to see all the ins and outs first, all the pros and cons, make my decision at that point in time. But as far as the PMA, what we counsel on doing is you set up your PMA, you put your business in it, and then you take your PMA and you actually put it into a business asset trust. So you want to put that all your property goes into the trust so it can protect your stuff and your business. And that, and it's, that's kind of a, the PMA doesn't do that next piece of that. And that's what the trust does, Okay, which makes it real nice. So that, okay. that's a good event. Yeah. And we're working those details out right now. And we'll be writing the trust and because they're again, non-statutory and common law trust. Yeah. And we'll be writing those trusts probably within about a month. Nice. Nice. So if somebody wants to set up their own PMA, they can come to you to help to, to do that. Is that you bet. Yeah. So I take, I take anybody and everybody out there, um, whether you know much about it or not, I'll educate you through the process and then we'll put you, you know, I'll, I'll do all your founding documents. It would be articles of association, the bylaws, the membership agreement. If you're a church ministry, then it would include a certification document. And if you're an educational you know, ministry or, or just an educational PMA, then it would include a, um, an intake form. So those, those documents would be all, all part of the package. So what would be the advantage to someone doing a, a, a church or ministry PMA? So the, being a church inherently just gives you extra benefits, right? So the thing is that there's a 14 point, you know, checklist that the IRS has, and then you need to be, I think it says nine of those items you need to be doing. And in that checklist, you can do any of the nine you want to, but you have to act like a church to some extent, right? So every time I talk to anybody at all, you know, during the day, I talk about Jesus, period. And that's one of the first things that we do. Every single meeting I go to, every talk I give, um, those are the things inherently I always do because that's what my ministry involves, right? I'm mm-hmm. not a church where people come into that I minister here. I minister out in the field and then talk to people all day long. So, um, and, and that that's, and then the rest of the things that are in there, the other eight items, you know, I picked out and those are the things we do inherently every anyway, right? And we do more than that just because of what, what we do and how we operate. So our basic, um, the Renegade Ranch missions are, uh, is a, um, it's, it's a church missionary. And then the Renegade Nation is also a church ministry. And, and then the Healing Hub is also a church ministry. And then the rest of, rest of our businesses are just projects of those different ministries that bring money in for those ministries so they can operate. Okay. And so... Um... I, I want I want to get you talking about all of those projects, but um, one kind of one question that stands out is why why would you do each one as a separate ministry? Uh, why not yeah. just have them all under one? So in, in like Renegade Ranch Ministries is my wife and I, the Healing Hub we have a set of partners. Our partners are in there with that, mm-hmm. so there's okay. the four of us in that one there. And the Renegade Nation we wanted to pull that aside and then just make it its own event outside of the Renegade Ranch. Because it's it's a big it's a bigger thing, right? And we already had Renegade Ranch going, and then the Renegade Nation is the huge event, right? And I want that to be all by itself and separated. Okay, so so let's back up a little bit and talk about how you guys got into all of this to to begin with, and what is Renegade Ranch, and what have yeah, you guys been it's doing? Kind of a crazy story, and my wife has been bugging me for a few years to move out of California. I love where I live. 
Um, it's everything. The weather's beautiful. I mean, it's just the climate's amazing. Um, it gets a little hot in the summertime. And now it's a little smoky every summer, which really is horrible, right. which even kind of pushed me towards my event to be able to move sooner. So I agreed about two years ago to, to go ahead and move. And we started looking around the country for a new home. And uh, we went and the first year we spent a whole month looking. The next year we spent a month looking again. And then we got to South Dakota and we found this ranch over there. And as soon as I stepped foot on it, I, I fell in love with it. And yeah, so I bought it right there on the spot. Big, huge ranch. It was an amazing property um, right in the Black Hills in South Dakota. And um, we came home and put our house up for sale. And Vanessa comes to me about three weeks later. She goes, hey, honey, yeah, we need to open a grocery store. And I said, yeah, that sounds good. You know, South Dakota needs a grocery store. And she goes, no, I mean here. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's like, uh, no, we just uh, bought a ranch and we're selling this one here. And after a little bit of debate, you know, she uh, she came out on top and, and for a good reason. And because in my mind, and at the, even at that point in time, we weren't really being led and told by God that we were supposed to sell this ranch and move. Right. We, we had the insight to go ahead and buy a place out of California and but not to sell this property here yet. So we ended up building Renegade Ranch provisions. And, and right away we did a we did a, um, a podcast with the Freedom Angels. Right. And yep. And that it took off and it went viral. And it's just it's still today. I still have. It's amazing how many people have seen that. And, and I'm just like, I still I send it around to people when, is, when anybody it, asks me what a PMA is. I send them that podcast because I can't really find a more sort of definitive. There's a lot of information out there about PMAs, but there's not really one site or one book that I can point people to to say, well, here's what it's all about. And I'm sent, so I'm sending that interview all the time. If you haven't seen the the next one, we just did it. About yes, a month I ago. saw that one too. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. pretty good too. So, yeah. Yeah, so we built the store, and you know, we built Vanessa's store. You know, I just you know I, I did the painting and hung the shelves, and you know bought the refrigeration and moved it in and plugged it in, all that kind of stuff. Did the wiring for it, but it's her store, right? And she runs it, and and she loves it. So that one spark of a PMA, right? And this is what we did. We had the PMA, and I, I'm a contractor. I own a, a CBD manufacturing company. We own a winery. We have another another business as well. And so all these things, I'm busy all the time. She's doing her thing here. And, and I have not liked contracting for many years. And I, um, you know, it's like I talk about it all the time and prayed about it a whole bunch. And then finally kind of got the insight to say that, you know, hey, hey, dummy, um, you're doing PMA here in your store. Why don't you go help other people? And I said, as soon as I, you know, it came to me, I said, okay, that's, that's it. I'm done. I quit, <laughs> you know, contracting, done, closed everything down over with hundred percent out of that. And, uh, and this has been the best move I made in my life. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So now I, I go around the country helping people develop PMAs businesses, so many new businesses, new educational systems, right? We've got so many new private educational systems in across the country. It's amazing, right? And the amount yeah. of doctors that we have just pouring into a, into a PMAs across the country. And it's just, it's amazing. We've got, I have contractors and we have, um, we have all kinds of retail, we have restaurants and we have lawyers and, and constitutional lawyers and bar attorneys coming into PMAs that we're blending together wow. so they can educate each other. And the thing is we need, we need attorneys, you know, as much yeah. as that's an oxymoron, right? We need attorneys because they understand the process of law that we have set up in our, in our, basically our bar system. And they're really good at that process, but they don't know the law. And yeah, that's why nobody, we have the, they, attorneys why don't we, understand don't, common law. It's No, it's, they don't know common law and they don't know what the constitutional attorneys know. So you blend them together and then you have the perfect mix, the perfect ability to be able to navigate through our system. Right. That is awesome. So, because the court system, the bar is, that is like the most, the one most powerful thing in the country. Right. Because it controls and writes the laws. It writes the contracts for the companies. It writes the contracts for the corporations or the, the, the public entities, all those things. And, and they're all bound around those pieces and parts, which, you know, gives them way too much power. Right. And, they, they write the rules of the game and then right. you're stuck playing well, and then the game. court system itself is just there to make money. It's just a corporation to make money. And they, and they find and weasel their way into all the little avenues to be able to take and, and make money any way they can. Yeah. Just like our government, our government, that's all they are is a big corporation that spends every day thinking about new ways to interweave their life into our life to make more money. Period. Yeah. From us, like, from us to give it away to people and to, to people that we don't, you know, basically, you know, that shouldn't be given away to, 
and to be able to give money to systems and programs that they want to have that we don't, as the people, the free people, we don't want those things. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. they don't care. They just do what they want to do. They're out yeah. of hand, out of control. And from my perspective, you know, the, the people, because I I'm, you know, we have a daughter with special needs. And so we're in that community too. And you see the dependence being built. And so it, it to, from my perspective, it's not even it's not even helpful really in the long term for the people they're giving the money to. They're just creating dependence. You know, oh, our that's whole, all it is. Right. with with our PMA, what we want to do is we want to create a way for people with special needs to be able to have a sustainable way of living independently, you yeah. know, even if the individuals aren't capable of living independently on their own, to have a community where they can where they're not dependent on the state and where they can have right. meaningful lives. I mean, that's, that's not what welfare does. That's not what it. No, produces. it's like when you go to the zoo, you know, it says, please don't feed the animals. Right. Yeah. And, it, and when you go, when you go in the forest, they ask you not to feed the animals. Um, when you live in a community where there's deer, you don't want to feed the animals because it creates dependency for them right. to be able to be lazy and go there and, and get that. Forever, right. And, right. And it takes something away from them. It takes it their, indeed. You bet. their, you know, whatever potential they have for being, you know, wonderful, beautiful, wild animals. You don't get that if you're just receiving. No, not at all. And and then it's, it's sad that we're in this position today and we're in this position because of the way our government acts. And then they do that because they want votes and they buy people with the money and the freebies to be able to get those votes. And that's all they care about. They don't care about the people. They're yeah. not out there to help them, right? They're just there to get the vote. Yeah, well, I mean, California is the, the greatest example of that. It's, it's, if, yeah, it's, it's, it's Yeah, it's to me, it's like the, the government of California is waging war on the people here. And we oh, need to there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and that's that's been for a while and it gets worse every day. The yeah. things that they come up with, it's like, wow, <laughs> what would they come up next? Can it be worse? No, yeah, you bet. They yeah. come up with something worse. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. So now, now um, you guys have had some run-ins with the, the local, with, yeah. the, with the, can you talk about that a little bit? You bet. So we're open for three days. I'm in the Bay Area working. I wish I was here and because I would have had a lot of fun with it. But um, we had three county employees come by and one of them was code enforcement who I've kicked off my property twice already. And if I was here, I would have arrested him there on the spot. He would have been arrested for sure. Yeah. The other two were just yeah, with the county health department. They came here to um, look at our store and and find a way to weasel their way into us being inside of their jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So they came to the door. Vanessa had her friend Kimberly, who is her partner with her um, with her Free Nevada County, right? So their their whole Freedom Group. That Kimberly was a really strong, just like Vanessa. And then, so they came here and they just they stopped them at the door and said, "No, you don't get to come in. The only way you can come in and or talk to us is is to become a member." If you're not going to become a member, you need to leave. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, did you see the sign at the gate that said, if you're a government employee and you're here on government business, business, then you come on this property, you're trespassing. So she said, you're trespassing. And if you don't leave now, I'm going to have you arrested. So the lady left us a cease and desist, gave it to Vanessa. She said it wanted her to sign it. And she said, absolutely not. We're a private member association. We don't deal in the public at all, all private members, and you have no jurisdiction. So she left the, the cease and desist and Vanessa said, don't leave it on the table. That'll be littering. And she left it and they hightailed it out. And we've never seen them since. And Vanessa sent the letter back to the court for um, fraud. And she could have actually put extortion. And what happened is that when she was notified that we're a private membership association and we don't deal with the public and she gave her that document, that document is meant for public businesses, mm-hmm. right? We're not a public business. We're a private business. So that's fraudulently giving us a document. And then on that document, it had, they wanted to levy fines and fees. They wanted us to pay money for not having, and to get a license, first of all, and then also to pay fines and fees on it. And that's extortion. So typically and technically, we could sue them for fraud and extortion and potentially win, right? I mean, you get the right people in there, the right time. There's somebody who's fed up with what they're doing. And, and we could we could actually get money from them for that. So, yeah, we've never seen hide nor hair of them again since then because they know what they did was wrong. And, and I don't believe that we'll ever see them out here again. And if they do come out again, then I'll have them arrested right here on the spot. So now is not everyone would know to do all of that. Not everyone has right. the education. to. So is if, if you help people set up PMAs, are you also sort of going to guide them through the process and give them direction as to how to handle situations like that? Sure. I, I can only do so much individually because there's so many people. Yeah. But I tell people as I'm educating them through, but one of the things, that's one of the big pieces of what the Renegade Nation is going to be. Okay. So inside the Renegade Nation, there's going to be 
basically it's going to be a, a lawyer in an attorney system, right? And attorneys and lawyers. And then you're going to have that system and you're actually going to have interviews with constitutional lawyers talking about what can happen, how you should handle it. And then I'll have cases just like us, right? We'll do a, a podcast with Vanessa and Kimberly and then talk about what they did when they came to our property and how you handle it. So mm-hmm. we're going to have all those trainings online Great. all the time. And we're going to do it for lots of different things, not just people coming here, right? So the, the other core event we have with the Renegade Ranch is when we started our, our company here, and we own a wine range, it's about two miles from here. And we could have taken and bonded our facility for about $150. We could have put a bond on here and been able to sell alcohol here on our site. We have to have one at our winery because we make wine and then we sell to the public. If we didn't sell to the public and only went to private, we can make wine and sell to our private members without, without an ABC license. So, but we have one. But we didn't do it here because we don't need it. And for two reasons, I didn't do it. One, we were PMA. We don't need to have it, right? Today, there is currently, ever since prohibition ended, there's 48 counties in Texas and a bunch of counties in, in um, Oklahoma that stayed dry. So they're dry counties, no alcohol allowed. Well, there's already restaurants in place in those both, in all those counties across the board for both states. And they already sell alcohol and they did before. And then they wanted to again. So they became PMAs and they still sell alcohol in all those counties today. Prohibition to today. So the last time I checked the Constitution, it worked in California as well. So that's what we're doing. Is that the second reason why we did that is because we want to be able to take a, and create a new precedence for the PMA community to see across the country, and that's how you deal with the court and the and the district attorney's office. And so we're educating them right now. And when we're done, and we should be done in January. And when we are done, we'll get fully off. I'm very, very confident that there'll be nothing there. And then I'm going to take that precedence and I'm going to put it inside the Renegade Nation and for everybody to see what happens and how to deal with it and what you do. And it'll be a very duplicatable event. And we know that there'll be more precedences just like that across the country with the PMA craze. We're going to have one for doctors. We're going to have some for education. And I'm going to put those inside of the Renegade Nation as well. So people can see what they have to do and how to protect themselves. So that precedent that you're talking about with the alcohol issue, is that something that's going to be happening in one of their courts? What's actually going to... I don't even think that it's going to go to court. We're in the DA right now. So the ABC sent us sent the, sent the district attorney in Nevada County a letter stating that they, uh, they thought that we potentially could be selling alcohol from, you know, a, a two different dates, a month apart. And so it's a hearsay, first of all, right? And mm. we could actually, te- on technicality, we could have it thrown out because there's nobody, I don't have an accuser. There's nobody that right. they have. It's just all, you know, it's hearsay completely. And it would just throw out of the court. It'd be nothing. But I don't want to do that. I want the court to throw it out on their own because we're going to show them evidence of why they don't they don't have any authority. So right? you can establish so, that precedent. That- exactly. And that's what our job is. We're educating the district attorney. We're going to educate the court. And when I'm done with that, I'm going to go to the ABC in California and I'm going to educate them. So, and then everybody in California, all the restaurants can go ahead and say, okay, hey, I'm not going to wear a mask. Hey, I'm not going to do a vaccination passport. And then the ABC is going to come, well, you need to do that or we're going to take away your license. And they're going to say, here you go. You can have it. Yeah. Nice. Because I don't need it because I'm a PMA. And it's interesting. I mean, this, we're talking about America here, but I, I, um, I used to live in Hong Kong. And I remember one of the things that restaurants would do while they were applying for, like if a new restaurant started up, which happened all the time, mm-hmm. um, there's a period where they're applying for a liquor license. They don't have their liquor license yet. And so what they do is you have to become a member. When you when you come into the restaurant, they give you a little mm-hmm. membership card. And I had all these little yeah. membership cards for restaurants because, and they would explain it. They'd say, you know, we don't have our liquor license yet. So, you, so we need to be a membership club. And that was just kind of common practice in a lot of places. So it's so, yeah, this is not just an American thing. I think any place with a common law foundation. Did you live there during British rule or or when it went back? Both. I I was, I was first there in 86. I I lived off there off and on for like seven years. Most of it, most of it before the handover, but then a couple of years after the handover. So it was interesting to see how that's awesome. I've been there a bunch and it was all before the handover. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. It didn't change that much immediately after the handover. And then I kind of, I mean, I left in 2000, so I really have only sort of seen, clearly there's stuff going on there now that wasn't happening then. Right. A lot of more stuff today. Yeah. 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 As soon as the communists take it back over, then that's what happens eventually. Right. So, well, it was interesting. I mean, even, even, you know, again, I left two years after the handover, but 
even two years after the handover, Hong Kong was a much more free place than America is. And I'd be willing to bet that in a lot of ways, it still is. It's just, yeah, just they, I wrote a whole paper on this a long time ago. Um, Just as like practically zero business regulations, um, flat tax and very low. It's just a very non-interventionist government. And it was starting to creep up as I left. It was, it was increasing, but I doubt they've reached the level that we're we're at. But then of course, you know, the Chinese government has to come in and start doing their, their crazy stuff. So um, that's like my County. I live in Nevada County and Nevada County is a ranching farming community forever, right? In the 1800s. I guess in the beginning of the 1900s, there was like 180 cattle ranches in Nevada County. Today, there's very few of them. And the farming community has been off and on forever, right? But today, in the last 15 years, we've been overtaken and we're a communist county today. And it's sad. It's really bad. More so than elsewhere in California? Or? There's a lot of other places that are as bad or worse than here. But we're, we're in LA. I feel like we're pretty. LA is pretty bad. Pretty San Francisco is pretty bad. Nevada yeah. County is pretty bad. And they, no. they hit Nevada County really hard because Nevada County is the the second least um, vaccinated population per capita in, in the United States. Oh, wow. In the whole country. Wow. Or I, I know maybe it's just in California. I just, my wife knows that. I, and I know for California for sure, but because um, there's going to be some in, in red states that aren't so bad, but yeah. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of push here. So the, the state like has given a lot of money to Nevada County. They've bribed them a bunch over the last 15 years to do things and they're, yeah. they're doing those things. Right. So we just keep on harassing the supervisors enough until they leave. You know, we're firing some supervisors, all the elected officials, you know, all the, the appointed, you know, the the um, the county health officials. We're we're we've been successful in dumping our second one now. He'll be gone in December, and nice. these people are coming in under you know like they're good people, and they come in and they're just as bad as the rest of them. How do you get just, rid of them? You just harass them enough, and people go to their home and they protest enough, and. They stand outside their house and pots and pans and the people get afraid and they leave. Sounds good to me. It's yeah. Yeah. That's it's so, and it works. So today, and that's what my wife, you know, she spent up, you know, a year and a half doing that, or a year, a year doing wow. that. And then today, you know, we spend that much time protesting. Zero. Yeah. None at all. Because yeah. all we're doing today now is moving forward. When they've already created our new system, and I'll jump into the Renegade Nation kind of a little bit and yeah. talk about what happened, right? So with our our mandates. And everybody has a different tolerance, right, of acceptance of what they allow their government to do to them at some yep. point. Everybody, they spin one way or the other. So you know, quite honestly, our government right now today, their mandate with the vaccinations is they want 100% of us vaccinated across the board. And they're not going to stop doing what they can do to make sure that happens across the board. They started off, you know, and shame on Trump. And I'm a, I'm a Trump fan, but shame on him for being a cheerleader for the vaccination. And so as soon as he left office and the vaccination came out, we had millions of people just standing in line, dying, and some of them actually dying right there on the spot, you know, dying, standing in line, trying to get a vaccination. And, and then they ran out of people. So what they do is then they, they change the, a little bit in the things that they do. So let's, let's give people millions of dollars and then bribe them to take the vaccination. So they do that. So let's lower the age to 18. And they do that. Now, today, today it's at five, five yeah. years old. They're vaccinating their children. Our school where my kids went to school. Yeah, um, they had people walking around campus about two months ago, vaccinating children on campus without parental consent. Wow! So wow. I'm sorry if that happened. If they did that to my child, I'd be in prison. Yeah, me too. That's not yeah. that's not going to fly. You can't do that yeah. kind of stuff. And it's a shame that they allow that to happen. It's a shame that we know somebody in town that. He got vaccinated or didn't didn't get vaccinated, got COVID, went to the hospital and died in the hospital because they gave him remdesivir and, you know, they just mistreated him. I heard a lot of stories like The whole like thing that. is bad. His wife had to say goodbye to him on a Zoom call. Right. That, I that mean, it's happen. just, it's, it's sickening. It's, it's sick. Is, it's, yeah. It is sick. And that's, I mean, that's, that's one of the things with our, I don't want to dwell on our, my plans, but that's kind of what we're seeking to address with yeah. our whole, we're planning a PMA center and um, living community for people with special needs and also probably for the elderly. And we had this plan before all this started, but now it's like, I mean, hospitals and elder care homes have become these nightmare places. And it's, I mean, I I can't believe the things, the things we're hearing out of hospitals, the things that elderly people have had to live through, the things that, that families have had to live through with anyone 
you know, at the end of their life, you know, dying alone. It's, it's, it's beyond criminal. I mean, I I just, I can't believe the whole country's not up in arms over it. Just, I can't believe that the hospitals are allowing the government to do this. I can't believe doctors are standing there and doing that. Well, a lot of doctors, when you're in the allopathic system, you actually believe that those are correct and right things to do. But at some point, it is at some point you got to wake up and see the truth. The truth is things don't work. And we as a community outside of the allopathic medicine have like a 99.999% chance of staying alive. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what we're hope, we're hoping to, to sort of build. So, so let me, let's, since we're talking about health, let's talk a little bit about the healing hubs. Oh, you bet. Yep. So we started the healing hub because we had three events in the hospital within about a two month period. And the last one was with my wife and she was low on blood and we needed blood in the hospital thought about it. And then they couldn't guarantee that the blood had no vaccination. in it. Mm-hmm. So we denied it and went a different path. Everything's fine. And we get out and a week later, they actually made it to where I wouldn't have been able to go in with her if I wasn't vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, you know, she came up with this idea to start what's called the healing hub um, inside of in Nevada County. And it's, I think it's Nevada County Healing Hub or something like that, or healing center or healing shop. So we took that idea. Now I say we, and she put that together, ran her thing locally for our community and just a bunch of medical professionals together, you know, kind of brainstorming, trying to help people with COVID to stay out of the hospitals so they can live. And so yeah. they started that thing. So then another friend of ours, our other partners in the healing hub, and we kind of devised this idea of having mini hubs, which are basically, they're a supplement business frontline. You, know, you have oxygen concentrators, nebulizers, a bunch of other things, and all the supplements that you need to be able to help cure people from COVID and to help them keep out of the hospital. So we did that piece of it. We've got it together. There's about 70 locations across the country we're putting together. We are finally rolling them out this week. We're going to have everything's in place. Our manufacturer's in place. All the things are going to happen. You know, the, the, all the hubs are going to be able to call right directly to the manufacturer or the product, get a drop ship, you know, streamline, you know, complete as fast as we can with everything. So then we thought about, well, what happens if we break a bone or, you know, something needs stitches or something the next level up? So in our community, there's nowhere to go that is not going to mandate a mask and a, and a vaccination passport. Yeah. So we decided we're going to take, I mean, we're going to cut out 10,000 square foot of our building and turn it into a, a basically an outpatient care facility. And we'll have doctors in here and we're going to do probably six or seven different offices. So we'll have a variety of different doctors with different talent and to be able to help people. We'll have nurses on staff and a whole bit. And then we started looking at hospitals and there's, you know, so I started looking at some properties I found one in town that we would really like to buy. We're working on some investment for that, to be able to do that. And, and then it kind of started from that point saying, okay, well, what do we do? That's great. We're here in our community. What about the rest of the country? What about the people that, that don't have anywhere to go? You know, in the, in the red states, there's a lot of places to go, right? You can go to a lot of places that are not going to those things. But in the blue states, you're pretty tied up and there's not a whole bunch of them available. So we decided to go out and start soliciting, you know, doctors and medical professionals across the country to about the healing hub. And we put that out and started marketing it with people and talking to them and educating them on what we're doing. And we've got great traction. We have hundreds of doctors we're working with across the country and, and it's working, right? We have clinics that are already in place, labs, pharmacies that are already in place that are going to be part of our network that are going to be an affiliate of the healing hub. And so then as we put this whole system together and we're thinking about what we're doing with it and how it's going to operate. And then the next thing is, well, how do we get it out to the people? Right. And that's kind of how the, the renegade nation was born. Right. So in that piece of it, the renegade nation is the, it's the focal point of the melting pot of the, the whole country. Right. And you know, if you look at what they've done to us with taking away our rights and the things that we've done our whole life in the last year, year and a half, as they start to squeeze those things down, everybody has a different, boiling point, a different turning point. And some people, they get enough pressure and they turn in and say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get vaccinated, right? Enough, that's enough. That's the last straw. I can't handle anymore. My mom's in the hospital. I can't visit her. She's going to die. I need to get vaccinated to go see her and say goodbye to her. I can't do that without it. So then they go get a vaccination so they can do that. A lot of people got vaccinations so they could keep their jobs, right? They're threatened to lose their jobs. And I, and I don't care what industry you're in and I don't care how much money you make. A lot of times, the more money you make, the worse off you are because you spend that money and you're in bigger debt and you can't quit your job and say, okay, you know, forget it. I can do it without it. And then, so you keep your job to support your family and not lose all your stuff. And then you get a vaccination, right? So I've watched people do that and then, and then die. I've watched people do that and get sick. 
I've watched people do that and get heart attacks and strokes. Um, my best friend, you know, he, it, they're, him and his wife are here all the time with us and they hang out with us all the time. They're my best friend. And, and he knows how we feel. We've educated him through all the information, has the same information I have. He needed to have an E operation. His doctor said he had to have a vaccination. He got a vaccination. Got his booster, had a heart attack within about three days. Didn't die. He's fine today, but he had a heart attack. My dad you know, goes to the VA and he knows all the same stuff. I've educated him on all these things. He's 87 years old. He's 88 now. And, and he went into the VA and the VA said, oh, you need to have a vaccination. He got his vaccination. The day after he got his booster shot, he had a stroke and a heart attack. And today he he's he's okay, but every every month he gets at least a stroke a month now from that. Point. And no one's going to be held accountable for this. They're not no. held accountable for it, and they don't care. And they just say, "Oh no, it's just it's an event." And now they're calling the, all the people that are dying from the shot. Now they're calling it instead of sudden infant death syndrome, that's sudden adult death syndrome. You know, like, I actually come I'm, on, guys. So I've I've been sort of watching and reading about and educating myself about um, the history of, of medicine and how the pharma industry took it over. Going back, this is more than twenty years ago. I started writing a fiction, uh, like a, a fantasy novel about you know some some crazy dystopian world where the pharma industry had really taken over. And that was something I came up with. That was in my novel, SADS, Sudden Adult Death Syndrome. That's <laughs> This is not fiction. I mean, that's, that's hilarious. It, it's just, it's when I look at what's happening now, it's like, yeah, that's what I was, that I was thinking that 20 years ago as fantasy. That you is know? so wild, huh? Yeah, no, it's, so, it's nuts. It is nuts. And so for me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a newbie in this, in this side of what we're doing. I've always been a conservative my whole life. I've always worked many, many hours. I have a lot of children and I've always worked, right? That's what I do. And my wife is, um, Vanessa has been in my eyes, a conspiracy theorist since she was like 18 years old. And in everything that she tells me, it's like, and it's kind of funny because we met later in life and I'm 20 years older than she is. And um, and then we're looking at these things that these books that we have that are her box that's in our storage and we're going through it and we're kind of, you know, getting rid of some stuff and it's her box. So she comes out and we're looking through it and she pulls out a diary when she was 18 years old with all these conspiracy theories in there. And it's like, you are a spaz, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you're kidding me. She started early. And, yeah, and then, but it so probably doesn't sound so crazy now. Three years ago, you know, it's like she's doing this and I'm telling her, okay, honey, yeah, sure. Okay, that's enough. You know, just you go ahead and do that stuff. Just <laughs> let me work and don't bother me with your craziness, you know. And then today they all came true. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's like how off the wall. I and mean, she saw these things. She saw, I mean, she she hit stuff on the head a long yeah. time ago before it happened, just seeing what would happen. And kind of give you an idea. Yeah, you know, I was invited to go speak at the Red Pill. Um, expo in, in Louisiana and we don't own a jet. So it, and we don't wear masks. So we drive everywhere we go. And I go across wow. the country wow. doing seminars and talking to people in it and workshops and a whole bit. So we drive out there and on the way there, we're talking about the red pill. And then it's like, and I, at this point in time, had no idea what the red pill really meant at all. And I told her that and she's dying laughing, you know, and I've, I've watched the matrix, you know, then she explained to me and I go, Oh, okay. I get it. You know, it makes sense. And it's like, and I, and I forgot to tell Ed that story when I got there and, you know, when singing out with him, but I wanted to tell him that and, you know, that I didn't even know what it was until a month ago. And it's, I'm here today because of Vanessa's grocery store, right? That spark that put me here, the PMA piece that did this for us. And then the things that she projected and saw a long time ago, which I now understand and believe, and I'm fully aware of, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing today. So inside of all the things that we're doing to try and make it work, across the country, it has to be done fast. We need this thing to happen quickly. They've taken and alienated us from our normal things that we do, our normal walk of life. And the last straw was healthcare. When they take away our healthcare, we're talking people's lives and they don't care. So at this point in time, we have to not care as well. And in in that, I needed a way for us to be able to project that to the entire country as fast as we possibly can. So you know, we came up with the Renegade Nation. In that piece of it, what it does, when you go onto the website, you can go on there and you can post a job. You've been fired for not getting vaccinated or you just need a job and you don't like your old job. Um, you can go on there and find a job. Um, post it and somebody will come to you. If you're an employer and you're looking for people, you can go in there and post a job. Mm-hmm. Right. So a couple of easy things to do right off the bat. We're going to have blogs that are going to be updated on a weekly basis. They're going to do current events. They're going to talk about everything in the world that anybody could ever possibly want to know. Um, and we'll have new people doing these blogs all the time. There's going to be the next piece of this is going to be the way it's set up. 
is it's vertically integrated for each different category of life. So healthcare, um, education, food sovereignty, um, a lawyer group, a banking group, financial services group, um, construction group, retail group, all these things are going to be their own vertical path that you go into the site to see. And like when you click on, on healthcare, there's going to be um, podcasts in there and in the podcasts are going to be trainings on how to, how to grow your own herbs for medicinal use. Stop taking aspirin, start growing your own stuff, yeah. right? How to, um, how to fix and, and, and pain in your body, how to do different things, how to, you know, um, psychological things, how to, how to get better doing something, how to cope with something. You know, everything you could possibly imagine inside the health community, how to exercise properly, exercising properly at 18 is way different than it is at 60, right? Yeah. Different things, right? So we'll have people, experts in each category doing podcasts or that nice. in, in education, we're going to have, hey, you know, it's time for everybody to get out of the education system that we, that our corrupt educational yeah. state ran system. And they're doing it. They're are, getting out. Oh, is. oh in, in droves. They're just yeah. flying out. We have K through 12 everywhere. Yeah, I talked to a guy yesterday who wants to do a university. So we're nice. going to have universities. Nice. We're going to have all these things in structure across our country, these new things that we're going to have. In attorney sections, we're going to have trainings on how to deal with the law in different categories. There's nice. going to be attorneys in there that are going to, this attorney does this function, right? And they're all going to be categorized. So basically what happens when you click on healthcare, a picture of the United States is going to come up. And when you click on any one of the vertically integrated items, Picture of the United States is going to come up. Then you're going to you're going to click on your state, and then you're going to click on your county, and it'll populate every single healthcare facility in that entire county that is not going to make you wear a mask or be vaccinated. Nice, nice. It's going to do that for every industry across the board. We're going to have our own airline. We have 100 million people have been alienated awesome. from the system completely. Yes, that we are 100 million strong plus, and and in time, the people that have been basically extorted into getting the vaccination. Yeah. Worst, they're going to come and join us as well because they're free thinkers and they didn't want to get that vaccination. But I know a be lot here. of people you're like that. Have, you're going to have people that got the vaccination that wake up at some point in time and they're on their fifth you know, booster if they're still alive, right. and they're right. going to say this is a bunch of garbage. I still got COVID. It's all a lie. They're going to come over and they're going to see the light. They're going to come with us and join us. And we're going to be here. Yeah, you know, we're going to have our own banks. We're going to have our own banking system completely. I'm anticipating we'll have. Two banks. I'm working with a group right now. We're going to start two banks probably within the middle of next year. We'll have one up in Colorado and one up in California. And these will be PMA banks, right? They're going to be PMA banks. They'll be PMA membership banks. You bet. And we're going to do it as a as basically it's a a, yeah. So we're we're going to do it. And there's a lot of laws that have to be looked at and done that apply to the the public world that don't apply to private and we're going to blend those together and we're going to build banks. And then our goal is to build, you know, hundreds of these around the country, you know, one in every County across the whole United States. Right. And, and there'll be opportunities for people to invest the whole thing. These new things that we're doing as they take away something from us, then we build it new. And we already have every, every business in the United States. We have some of that business inside of our hundred million people in our group. We have trillions of dollars. We have the brightest, and quite honestly, obviously, the smartest people left in the United States, not vaccinated, were here today, right? And then a lot of people got vaccinated and they were coerced or whatever. And that's, you know, it's, it's all going to come over here. We're going to be the, the healthiest, smartest 100 million people this country has ever seen all going in one direction for one reason, and that's to be free. And I truly believe what's going to happen in a very short period of time, when I say short, 10, 15 years, we're going to, during that period of time, we're going to start taking and putting us back in control of the local city government, the county government, the state governments, and then back into the federal government. And then actually having our own new party, our own party now that actually has a chance to go against the Democratic and Republican parties complete, where they they would be basically non-effective because we'll have more people all going in the same spot. We've seen what they've done to us and to our country for a long time. And everybody that is now in this position, we didn't get any help from our Republican Party telling yep. us that we didn't have to do vaccination passports. You know, they're going to shut down our airlines. They're yeah. talking about shutting down borders. I mean, there's they're, they're, whatever they can do to get 100 percent. And we're not going to allow them to do it. And yeah. with this system, the neat thing about this system is that when we have all these businesses and all these people, the consumers, along with the businesses inside the Renegade Nation working as one whole new tribe, our new community, our parallel society, we're going to, we're going to explode in prosperity because we're going to keep our money inside of our group. 
And then we're still going to sell products and services to other people. We're just not going to require anybody to wear a mask or be vaccinated. Right. And then as they go along and start understanding what we're doing, they're going to become part of our system. And we're basically going to take back our government across the country. And I think we can do that without a revolution. People ask me all the time, don't you think this is going to spur a revolution? I'm, no, it's really not. If we do it fast enough. We take control of one little spot at a time. And we do it, you know, just the way they did it with us over a 15 to 20 year period of time. Well, and that's what's what's beautiful about it to me is, you know, yeah, you do hear a lot of talk about violent revolution and revolt and all this stuff. Yeah. But we have these options. We have these tools that we can use to make change peacefully. And I feel like that's right. exactly what that, you know, PMA is part of that common law more broadly is part of that. We already have these tools. And if we can use them to just bypass all the tyranny then there's no need for bloody revolution. There's no, there's, this is the way we do it peacefully. And I say there's, you know, there's not even any need for politicians, just bypass the politicians, build our own life, build our own communities and let them do what they do. But if, if, if we have practical ways to bypass all of it, that's all we need. Yeah. Well, you know, if we bypass it without taking back power and then power is in numbers and when we have 100 150 million people that are on our side to go forward in something um it's we can bypass and we, we're a perfect example of being able to bypass the day we can do whatever we want to do doesn't stop them from creating stupid laws and yeah. infiltrating our lives in some stupid form or manner right so of control because that's what it's all about we're going to take the control away from them they're yeah. not going to like it so the best thing to do is to protect ourselves for a generational you know, century generational type event is to change inherently that structure and put a third party back back in office, put a third party there. We have our other parties right now, and they've never really taken off to the, the form of ever being anything but a nuisance for the most part, mm-hmm. or a distraction from our two parties fighting back and forth. And quite honestly, the Republican, Republican and the Democratic parties, it's the same thing. Yeah, it, it is. They all they look different. They act different. They pretend to be different. They're not. They're all the same. Yeah, my dad used to call them two wings of the same bird of prey. Yeah, and that's a great analogy. I love that. I'm going to use that. That's a great analogy. The same bird of prey. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's yeah. what it is. That's yeah. that's what they're doing. No, that's, that's really cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> I, I know you need to go soon, but I, I wanted to ask you um, one thing. I loved your idea. You talked in another interview, you were talking about the Renegade Nation stickers. Can oh, you yeah. just mention yeah. that really quickly? Because I think oh, that's you very bet. cool. Yes. Thanks for reminding me. I, I forgot to talk about it the last couple of times. Yeah, so what we're doing is everybody, you know, when you come into the Renegade Nation, there's two spots. So there's an event for a consumer and then there's an event for a business. And as a business, you're going to be provided a sticker to put onto your business and you can put it on your window, your door, whatever you want to do. And what you're going to do is like when you're walking down the street, a consumer is walking down the street and they're a freedom loving person. They're we the free people, right? There you see the sticker on your on your business that is basically the Renegade Nation. It's a picture of the United States says the renegade nation on it and says, we, the free people. And it's not just we, the people, it's we, the free people today, because we're different. We have to associate that differently today. So they're going to see that sticker and they're going to see the restaurant next to it. That's got all the mask signs on it and all the, you know, the garbage all over it. And they're going to look at that one. And they're going to look, Oh, sweet. That's where I get to go. I don't get harassed there. And it's going to be for doctor's offices. It's going to be for everything nice. you could possibly imagine every business nice. across the board to be able to go there and know that you're not going to be harassed when you go in the door. And there's nice. a, lot, a lot to be said about nice. that. Another really quick question before we go. Is there anything you can't do as a PMA? Um, you can't sell to the government unless you can talk them into becoming a member of your PMA. <laughs> and and I, I'm going to creatively see if I can make that work in little small that towns. That would be quite a story. Small rural America. We'll get one of the little cities to become a member of our PMA. And, and I, I'm gonna, it's, it's a project in my mind I'm going to make happen. And once that happens, it might become an event for more of those to happen across the country, which would be really cool to, for yeah. that to happen. You know, be, that's, having a state do that, fun. yeah, just a one little, like a little county or a little city, yeah, and have them become a member of it would be an amazing news event. So, yeah, yeah, it would. Thank you so much. This has been oh awesome. Um, this should yeah. go up in the next few days, and and we'll we'll be in touch later because, as I said, we're working on our own projects and definitely want to be beautiful. Um, hook up with you for that. So I can't wait to help you. Yeah, thank you so have much. Thank you. you too. Take Bye. care. Yep. Bye.